Welcome to SolveCast, where we provide you short, detailed answers to solve the questions that matter most to you. I'm your host for today, Chris Clues, and my guest is Cheryl Canzanella. On this episode, we'll be talking about opioids today, why employers need to act now, which also happens to be the title of a keynote that Cheryl delivers around the globe. There's no secret, we're all facing the, world, the worst drug crisis in American history. As the devastating numbers of opioid addiction, overdoses, and deaths continue to escalate, so do the threats facing families, careers, businesses, communities, and the economy. With over 75% of Americans struggling with substance use disorder actively employed, this crisis continues to present new and complex situations for employers to navigate. Cheryl, thank you for being here on SolveCast today. Can you tell our audience a little bit about you and your background? Sure, Chris, thanks for having me. I have been, I'm a born Floridian, born and raised, and uh, grew up in Palm Beach and living in Jacksonville. I've been in the financial services industry for 21 years, and uh, most recently about almost uh, 10 years in the insurance, specifically uh, insurance sales. And, um, uh, you know, most recently I am speaking on the opioid epidemic and uh, reaching out, sharing my story and educating others. Awesome. So yeah, so you and I worked together in the past about 12 years ago in the financial industry. And um, I wanna ask you about how this became such an important topic to you individually. And if you could share a little bit of your story. Sure. Actually, my husband and I at the time, we, we actually crossed paths at five years old and grew up, um, uh, ended up growing up and meeting each other again at age 16 as friends and then fell in love around the age of 23. And um, he struggled with uh, addiction throughout our relationship, actually, since uh, probably about the time we got married. And he struggled with it and tried to overcome it, but... I mean, the chains of addiction were just far stronger than he could ever imagine. And um, what started with a prescription for pain ultimately led him down this dark path. And ultimately, he passed away from accidental overdose involving opioids. Uh, Yeah, and I I was so sorry to hear that uh, because it had been a few years since we worked together when uh, everything happened. So... um, and, and, and it's, it's, it is great to see, though, out of tragedy when somebody takes something and finds a way to help others, yeah. which is what you've been doing. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about the signs um, that you saw that there was a problem? What can people look for in loved ones? And, and was there one sign that tipped you off? You know, there really wasn't one sign that really tipped me off. It, you know, it's not like it just happened overnight. It was actually a progression. And it Addiction itself can be pretty sneaky, and and sometimes it happens right underneath our noses, and we might not even have a clue. So, um, or or we might see some of the signs, but we choose to look the other way. And and honestly, I've done both. So um, most people that are going through substance abuse, most most of them are productive members of society. I mean, they have jobs, they get up and they go to work, they bring home income, um, you know, and and family members just might not be aware or realizing or recognizing that there's an issue because, you know, it's not that bad. Um, but the reality is it, when we do find out and we do come to the realization, our loved ones are probably further down the road than we could ever imagine. And that's something that we talked about earlier and you touched on a little bit and it's in your, your keynote about how 75% of Americans struggle with substance abuse or actively employed. Yeah. So what can employees, or I'm sorry, what can companies do? to solve this problem? Is there, are there things that they should look for, changes in their employees or, or things that they can do to help? 
Yeah, with employers, I believe, um, you know, again, there's a lot of different things that can come together, but to identify some of those red flags, um, they have to, um, you know, understand that it's not just the individual that's going through substance abuse that is suffering through all of this. It's actually also their family members. So you could actually have employees that may not actually be going through substance abuse themselves, but maybe a care, they may be a caretaker or a family that is uh, suffering uh, through that, through a loved one within the family. Um, but it is understanding what addiction is um, and the concerns that come around it, because it could be a financial concern, um, productivity within the company, um, and it can have an impact on your company culture as well. So it, and it's a difficult thing to identify. Um, you can't just ask an employee whether or not they have, you know, a legal prescription to use, or you know, you can't just test for illegal drug legal drugs um, and prescription medications. So there's a lot going on within employers on how they might be able to recognize it and identify it. But with 75% of employers being affected, there's a lot of other factors that they should be um, also looking at in determining risk factors, um, you know, safety issues, um, you know, effects on their productivity and compensation and co workers comp um, costs and just overall costs. Yeah. And so uh, do you think that with employers that there are solutions that they have, but they struggle with the legal ramifications of how do I, if, if there may be a problem or maybe the, empl the employee themselves is afraid, obviously not admitting there's a problem or afraid to admit there's a problem, the fear that they may lose their job. Um, so these kind of things going through the employee's head and then for the from the employer's perspective, I think you touched on a little bit, they have to tread lightly as well, correct? Just because of the legal ramifications of asking somebody something. Sure. And so some of the things that you might want to consider as an employer is to maybe um, create an environment to where people feel comfortable maybe asking for help or create an environment where they have access to things like their healthcare benefit plans that um, they have the ability to work with their um, their EAP and other programs that are out there to help the individuals um, and, and requiring that your network of providers that you're working with, they utilize some sort of um, drug monitoring program. Uh, but it's most important is understanding how to treat and manage employees with empathy and understanding. Um, some employees may not even be aware that there's resources available to them. So understanding how to communicate and one, educate yourself as an employer on what's truly out there as, a, as benefits that you could provide, but then creating an environment where we're not only educating people on the front end on, on prescription pain pills and the ability to become very much addicted to them, but to have um, you know, this part of their education and part of their, their benefits package. Uh, so the more people that are educated, the more conscious decisions they may be able to make if they were to become hurt. Um, but it's, you know, it, it falls under the line of uh, like what you do with depression and mental illness and health concerns. Um, substance abuse is right along there, same lines. So with all of that said, there's no silver bullet for this issue, right? So, but are there solutions or ways to solve for the epidemic out there that you think are promising that you've heard? Um, you know, from an employer standpoint, I can tell you that, you know, that's, that comes along with training. 
um, making sure your management is understanding um, that they can spot the signs of, of misuse, um, creating strong drug policies and routine checks, and just educating overall um, to create um, a culture that reduces stigma. Um, because I think the more that we talk about it and the more we can educate others, uh, the more we have the ability to decrease that stigma. So individuals who are sick and going through this have the ability to ask for help without that stigma. Um, and, and it goes towards, you know, having more conversations and less judgment overall. Yeah, less, less judgment for sure. Um, listen, Cheryl, I want to thank you so much for being here today and sharing your story. I know um, it's, it's got to be difficult and it's great that you're taking something that happened and you're turning it, trying to turn it into a positive and helping people, helping companies, helping employees, helping everyone um, who's going through this um, epidemic globally. Uh, can you share a little bit about where people can find you? Sure. Um, my website, which is my name, my uh, Cheryl Canzanella.com, C H E R Y L C A N Z A N E L L A.com. Awesome. All my information is listed there. Great. Cheryl, thank you so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. This is a really, really important topic for all of us, and we're really glad to have you on Solvecast. And uh, we look forward to having you on again sometime soon. Thanks for allowing uh, me to share. And thank you for bringing light to this. Thanks, Cheryl. Thank you.